entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders so they can inspire others. I'm proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows at c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. I have two special guests with me today. They are calling in and Skyping in and all different kinds of ways. D.C. Taylor has us all set up. We're ready to go, right, D.C.? Connected. We are connected. connected. Okay, I have with me Brad Murphy and Dr. Carol Mace. Hi, Brad, and hi, Carol. How are you? Good. Hello. Hello. Good. We're going to be talking about your book that you wrote together. The title of the book is The Age of Surge, a human-centered framework for scaling company-wide agility in navigating the tsunami of digital. Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, and, that is a mouthful. But I understand it. That I understood the title, and that's why I wanted to have uh, both of you on. But let's start this way, because I have, uh, I guess in the press release, I'm not sure where I got this, but I think this will help set the stage. So here goes. The age of surge is not about improving the conventions of corporate change and transformation or about the linear mechanistic approach to agile or lean transformation. Rather, it is built on a shift in how companies learn and see themselves. The authors want companies to view themselves as living systems, not machines. I think that's an important theme. Am I right, Carol? That is a very important theme. It is. And uh, we focus a lot on how companies are actually communities and ecosystems and that they can mimic and they do mimic what we see in the natural world. So we apply a lot of what we've learned from nature and from complex adaptive systems to the organization and in that way, we're able to help them transform and learn collectively. Carol, let's stay with you for a minute. What, what is your background that you uh, that you partnered with uh, Brad Murphy? But kind of what uh, that's kind of your your world, is it not? That is my world. Um, and Brad Brad found me when I was just discovering Agile. Um, a friend of mine had said to me, "You know, you sound like my Scrum Master." And I said, what the heck is a scrum master? <laughs> and as, as, I, as I learned more about Agile, I was just taking courses. I'm kind of one of those nerd lifelong learners. 
And out of the blue, this guy, Brad Murphy, called me up and he said, why is someone with your background messing around with Agile? And that was the start of it all. Huh. Huh. Okay, Brad, uh, you're up. Brad Murphy. So how did you even know enough to call Dr. (laughs) Carol Mays? How, How did she come up on your radar? Well, I mean, you know, Carol gave us a little preview. The You know, I've spent nearly 35 years in digital innovation space, building large and small um, platforms um, for large brands, trying to innovate how they interact with customers. And while Agile is something that's been become pervasive in the narratives of how, to, how companies should, should structure themselves and how to build digital capabilities differently, the ideas of agility have been around for almost three decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me personally, reaching out to Carol was, was really an act of recognizing that um, the community that I was a part of, which is largely digital, software, customer experience-oriented creatives, mm-hmm. um, had been applying these ideas in the context of large companies for almost two decades. And almost inevitably, um, they work uh, fantastic at a small team level. But the minute you try to link up hundreds of teams across the large enterprise, mm-hmm. um, I can say with great confidence it almost never works. Mm. And so I was, I was at a place where I recognized that what we knew in this digital software world, as smart as we think we are, mm-hmm. wasn't enough to crack the nut on what does it mean to authentically reinvent almost at the DNA level what an organization is, mm-hmm. how its people show up for work, and how they work with agility at scale, and it not fail. Mm. And it was really that that desire on my part to find people who didn't know what I know, but knew something that I thought could be highly complimentary, mm-hmm. just Carol's background, yeah. and see if I could lead to some experiments um, in a journey where we mash these two worlds together I'm hoping and believing it would lead to a real breakthrough. And it has. Yeah, it looks like it has. Well, not looks like it has. And um, I did read the book, by the way. Um, So, uh, and fascinating. Great job. Um, Now, I'm more on the human side of things. I'm more on in Carol's camp, if you will. Um, Technology basically scares the hell out of me. Um, So, I found it very interesting how you came together on again the book is the age of surge and i'm going to say the subtitle again because it's an important part of the theme a human centered framework for scaling company-wide agility and navigating the tsunami of digital um carol um who's this written for now brad kind of alluded to the fact or said well at one point maybe big companies weren't getting this right but who's this book for everybody big companies small companies what's your thoughts I think it's for I think it's for everybody, um, but it's particularly targeting uh, large companies in the sense that they are not the same as a startup. Yeah. So in the book, we make a big differentiation between the digital natives. Even if Google has become huge, it wasn't huge to begin with. Yeah. And they have always been involved in digital, and they're they're engineers were always part of the business. Yeah. But when you try and take that uh, that same idea, that same paradigm, and apply it to a company that has 
not always been digital, where for decades the IT department was someone who just gave you a computer. And, and when I worked in, in pharma, that's what our IT department did, not yeah. more. Yeah. We, we didn't have a sense of what digital is. And so you have to kind of rethink how you're going to help those large companies change to become closer to a digital native. And, and every single one of them is going to make that journey in a unique way because they're all different. And mm-hmm. that's a big message for our, uh, in our book mm-hmm. is that there is not one size fits all. And so for to go back to your question, who is it for, I think it's written for anyone that's trying to um, either be part of, participate in, lead, design, fund a large-scale transformation it's really for you to help you see from the, the, both the larger 30,000-foot view and the 300-foot view what you're trying to do and how you're going to do it. Hey, Brad, I, I, I think just about everybody better be paying attention to this. Um, do you agree? And do you, do you have anything to add to, uh, to Carol's uh, comments? Yeah, of course I agree. <laughs> and kind of the cherry I want to put on top is that, you know, and, and this is really – if I could build on Carol's point that, you know, IT used to be the person that came in and ran the cable and made sure your computer ran. Today, digital is how um, most customers want to experience the relationship with a brand. Yeah. So it's no longer physical in the traditional sense of um, interacting physically. And and yet the irony is um, it means that the organization, the company's culture, its structures, the way it operates actually, actually has to become more human mm. and, less, and less bureaucratic and less compliance-driven around process and optimization in order to imagine and deliver the experiences that customers want. And, the, and the, the, the reason this journey is so hard and why a process-driven approach hasn't worked is because interacting with humans is different than <laughs> yeah. building a widget in a factory. Yeah. Much more complex. <laughs> well, more complex, but, but well, of course. Yeah. Well, you're in, let's take that to the extreme. You're now serving markets of one. Uh, ah. And you don't build any badges anymore. So the whole way that large 100-year-old companies um, who largely, their org charts, their governance structures, their leadership style, still, you can still see the vestiges of the industrial age in these traditional yep. brands. Yep, yep. So, so, yeah. so for them, it was natural for the last decade to think, oh, this is another process we need to master. Yeah. It's not a process. It's very nonlinear, yeah. and it's very human. And so the only way, this is the kind of the non-intuitive part, the only way for a large company to reinvent itself is not to optimize itself around a process, but to create new structures that allow um, new freedom, new empowerment, which is a scary word in traditional companies. Yes. New freedom and empowerment to emerge where people, the decisions are getting pushed out through the organization and they're no longer made at the top. That is a very disruptive journey for a traditional company. Yes, it is. And, and the book yeah. provides the foundations on which, and this is key, freedom doesn't mean anarchy. Freedom doesn't have to mean chaos. Freedom doesn't, doesn't have to mean letting go or giving up control. But how you achieve those means or those outcomes is very different 
Yeah. When you see the organization as a living system and not a machine. Stay here for more of the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. My friends at nastpartners.com asks you, who will take you there? The predictive index allows you to decode the complexities of your people and realize what drives workplace behaviors so you can ensure alignment, reach your team's true potential, and achieve your business objectives faster than ever. The predictive index uses proven science to help you manage across the hire-to-retire life cycle with scientifically validated workforce assessments that provide high-impact insights in minutes. That's the Predictive Index. Learn more at nastpartners.com. That's my friend Dave Nast at nastpartners.com. That's N-A-S-T, nastpartners.com. My guests are Brad Murphy and Dr. Carol Mace, and Carol's last name is M-A-S-C. You can find both of them on LinkedIn, but uh, you have a company. Tell us uh, that company's name. I guess I'll ask Brad for that company information and website. Yeah, so um, our company name is GearStream, like uh, gears in a transmission, stream flowing like a river, gearstream.com. And we're in the business of helping companies reinvent themselves for digital which is to say not going in and building digital products and services, but enabling the humans, the leaders, and the structures of the organization to, to reshape and evolve in a way that allows them to actually take advantage of what technology is giving us. And if I could just give you a quick anecdote. Sure. Most CXOs we talk to, when they meet with us, the first question we ask is, you know, who do you most admire and why? And it's almost the same three names, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Occasionally you'll hear about, you know, a company like Spotify, which is a very popular music streaming. And, and, and then you ask why. And it's always about this, the, the sheer speed and, and the ferocity at which these companies are experimenting and innovating. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I say to these executives is, well, here's the good news. If you want to know exactly how they do all of those things, I can give you that playbook tomorrow. You, know, you don't ever have to hire us as consultants or advisors. Mm. That's the good news. Mm. The bad news is your company will still build the same crappy stuff it does today. <laughs> so, the, so, so the, the, I mean, and I don't say that with any glibness. It's, it's the truth. Yeah. And, and so the journey that these large companies and leaders need to take is one to recognize that this is this is a completely different animal, and the only way to achieve breakthrough outcomes with customers using these wonderful new technologies, mobile, wearables, IoT, cloud, is if we create a new place for our humans to be creative yeah. and do their best work. Yeah, um, you use the word horizontal. You use three words that I wrote down in my notes: teams, horizontal, middle managers. Um, let me let me come back to. The whole to Carol. Um, so even today, even big companies, this scares the hell out of them. Um, you go in and you take a traditional vice president. He or she is 50 years old. They've been command and control. And you start talking about, well, you're on, you need to operate on the edge of chaos. You need to right. operate... Uh, you get my meaning, Carol. So, yeah. So, so, so that executive is sitting there and rolling their eyes and saying, "What the heck are you talking about?" Well, what do we tell them? What do we tell yeah. these people, huh? So, I'm I'm going to move right into your space, Marty. We Go. we 
tell them that they have to become a coach. Ah. That we're trying to create, what their goal is, is to create a coaching culture where leader as coach is how they're going to be able to take the best advantage of the talent and smarts and passion and energy inside their company. Yeah. And so we help them understand what it is, what does a coach do? What makes for a good coach and Mm. how can they begin to start coaching? Mm. And so very early on, we, we help everyone begin to understand that, process and and if you if you've talked to your listeners much about that they know that coaching is not about telling someone how to do it mm-hmm. it's about helping them find what they know to do and for the a coach will always try and figure out with the coachee what is it the coachee is trying to achieve what is their mission and their goal and yeah. then they help them achieve that yeah. And so it, it helps these executives that were very command and control. And now when we take some of these, you know, autonomy, oh, my God, teams, oh, my God, decision-making, self-management, what do I do? Mm. Where's my job? Mm. And now we're giving them a new job. Mm. Mm. This this takes some work. <laughs> so, so but But the book is great. I love the book. I really, it took me a long time to read it. Let me tell you why. Because it's all dog-eared and, and highlighted, and I'm going, wow, that, that wow, holy mackerel, I never thought of that. So it took me a long time to read. That's usually good. If I scan through it, I feel like I know everything. <laughs> so, so, so it was very good. Again, the book is The Age of Surge, a human-centered framework for scaling company-wide agility and navigating the tsunami of digital. Brad Murphy and Dr. Carol Mays, uh, my guest. Uh, guests. Uh, Brad, back to you. I think I'm going to put it in my words, and I think – it's in alignment with what you said earlier. We really focus on outcomes as opposed to process. Is that okay? Am I saying that yes. right? Absolutely, you're saying that right. And, and you know, th- this is so, it's so obvious and so intuitive, but common sense is, you know, pretty rare in bureaucratic organizations. Yeah. Amen. And, 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 you know, let, I also want to make sure that we're not vilifying the concept of management or even those who serve in roles of management. Okay. It's really the bureaucratic nature of companies that is, is the evil we have to stamp out. Mm. And, and um, uh, outcome, the, the focus on inputs and compliance is, the, is at the heart of the bureaucratic yeah. soul we have to crush. Yeah. And one of the techniques, a very powerful technique, is to, to rebalance the value system, the incentives, and the conversation and narratives mm. inside of an organization around two things. One is, do you have a customer and you, do you actually know them? Mm. And, and, and I don't say that with any tongue-in-cheek in mind either. In the average corporation, most people have actually never talked to a real customer. Hey, That's absolutely. a problem. Absolutely, okay? yeah. The, yeah. The, the second thing is, um, what is it they're trying to accomplish and what is it we're doing that enables that? That's the outcome we see. And right. by the way, yep. we profit from that when we do it really well. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what becomes really exciting for Carol and I and our team is when we get to see leaders and managers start to shift from, you know, being successful means how much work I'm getting done 
to, it doesn't actually matter how much work I'm getting done. What matters is what outcomes am I achieving? Yeah. Because frankly, um, we know there's a lot of mindless work that happens in companies unintentionally. Sure. And when you, when you give people the freedom, but also the accountability to focus on the business outcomes and the customer outcomes that matter most, you know what starts to happen? People start doing, stop doing the dumb stuff. Mm. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Yeah. What value is it creating for my customer? Yeah. And how is it profiting the firm? And if we don't have good answers to those questions, people start standing up for the company and for the customer saying, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Carol, I was really pleased with the, um, again, we kind of talked at the, the highest level of an organization and there's challenges there, but I was really pleased how much you talked about middle managers and their role and how, and I guess that's where the word horizontal comes through where I keep thinking of that. Right. Talk to me about right. the role middle managers play in, uh, in, your, in your work. So for us, the middle manager is actually the key for large enterprises. And, and if you think about the difference between a small startup or even a startup that's growing, and a large enterprise that's been around for 50 years, the big difference is middle management. Mm. But the answer is not to go in and fire all those folks mm. because those folks are the ones that have been developing relationships and human networks for decades. Mm -hmm. They've been all around the organization. The company has invested in them as leaders, if nothing else, for years. And what we need to do is give them a new role. We, we even call it re-rolling middle yeah. managers. What, we're, you're not going to do what you've been doing, and we're going to help you become more strategic and actually be in charge of, the, of operationalizing the strategy that the executives for your corporation have set. Because a strategy without a good operational plan, and that's not the same thing as just a PowerPoint deck that says, here's what this product's going to do or mm -hmm. this brand's going to do, mm -hmm. is useless. And so the middle of the organization is how we link up the top strategy with the bottom delivery mechanism, the execution stream. Wow. And we need to, we yeah. need to restructure think how we utilize that that middle talent because they were all technically um, whether they're a physician or a, a programmer they were all technically adept mm -hmm. before they became a manager now carol that's almost entirely different than what people thought for years they thought that technology was going to reduce or eliminate the role of middle managers am i correct there and what the old thinking was well, let me go back to what Brad said, and that is that the problem is bureaucracy. Ah. So technology will definitely change, change the role of the middle manager, and it will definitely reduce the amount of bureaucracy and administrative work they have to do. And it should, because we don't need them to be administrators. Yeah. And we don't need them to be message carriers from one level to another. We need them to begin to hook up horizontally across the organization so that the different functional groups can start collaborating and cooperating quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. and we hey. need to make sure that those links work. So, I want to oh, go ahead. Marty, can I build on that? Yeah, because this is really probably ahead. the most important, really, message for people to hear about the, the, the impact of horizontal networks. It was just, just the concept of 
um, managers seeing their work horizontally as opposed to vertically. Mm -hmm. In the context of digital, and this is why it's such a big deal, for a large organization, the customer traverses multiple boundaries that have been arbitrarily established in history and time. Mm -hmm. So if if I'm a customer of a bank, the people who run the branches are in one line of business. If I go to my mobile app, that's another line of business. If I go online to move investments around, that's a whole nother mm-hmm. operating part of the company. These structures were never designed to interoperate. And yet in the digital context, mm-hmm. the experience and the expectation our customers have is traversing those um, are seamless, frictionless, and are familiar. There's no awkward handoffs. My, my, my uh, brand experience, they always know who I am, where I am. And the only way that can happen is if we operationalize cooperation and working together towards these common goals on behalf of the customer. And today, that's not how big companies are structured. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this horizontal work is some of the most strategic work. And interestingly enough, the middle managers are the only ones in a position to do it. Amen. Amen. So we need to wrap up. Believe it or not, (laughs) time went by. Fascinating. You guys uh, really did know what you wrote in this book. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, The book is The Age of Surge, a human-centered framework for scaling company-wide agility and navigating the tsunami of digital. Uh, Brad Murphy and Dr. Carol Mays, M-A-S-E, has been my guest um, Brad, give us your website again, because that's where people want to go to learn more. And, uh, hey, if sure. they want to hire you, go to it, right? www.gearstream.com. And thanks for your time, Marty. Hey, uh, both of you, thank you so much for being a part of the Business Builder Show. Thanks, Marty. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show. But stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.